I think everything serves a purpose and remain positive. I know it's hard. There's always a good side to every situation. I think that's important to know. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back. If we haven't met before, great to meet you. My name is Aaron. We tap into the stories of some of the world's most successful people, and not just successful people, ordinary people too, to understand what made them who they are and how they are collectively making our world a better place. If you're looking for dopamine, inspiration, new knowledge, or actions that you can take today to become a better future self, you have come to the right place. To learn more about us, you can head over to our website www.transformativepurpose.com and please don't forget to follow, rate and share if you enjoy our content. Everything you see here is run by myself and a small team and we'll really appreciate it. And last but not least, our mission is to build a global community to inspire. Enjoy. Good morning. Uh, today I'm extremely lucky to get to chat with Angel Wong. Angel was the first Hong Kong gymnast to reach the Olympics for London 2012, and she has a Balance B move named after her. Before our chat, I just thought I would let you know a little bit of history about Olympics. The history of Olympics actually goes back almost 3,000 years ago, and the first known Olympics was held in Olympia, the southern part of Greece, where people used to worship uh, their gods. The Olympic Games are normally held every four years, alternating between the Summer and Winter Olympics every two years. Uh, you will recognize from the Olympic rings, there are five different colors, all intertwined, and representing the unity of five different continents, Africa, the Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania. I thought one of the interesting things is about the Olympic greed. The most important thing about the Olympic Games is not to win, but to take part. Just as the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. And the essential thing is to have conquered, but to have fought well. Now, there were about 12,000 athletes in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. I don't need to tell you all how difficult it is to qualify and compete at, for the Olympics. It's extremely competitive and difficult. And I'm so lucky and grateful uh, that I can get to chat with Angel. To learn more about her mindset, a professional athlete mindset, what it took for her to qualify for Olympics back in 2012 and how she successfully transformed herself into a successful athlete. Now, first off, a heartfelt congratulations to your recent bronze medal achievement from a Doha World Cup. I know that you're extremely busy with your training and being a coach yourself. How does the rest of the year look like uh, from a competition standpoint and how many more competitions are you going to join, Angel? Mm, so thank you so much. Um, I'm really happy to be on the show and um, sharing, you know, my experiences. Uh, I think, well, this year is quite, um, quite a busy year for me. So, yes, I did um, recently come back from... Um, uh, a series of World Cups. So in gymnastics, we have basically it's called a World Cup series. And so you go around to different countries and you compete at different stations. So um, me and a couple of other athletes, we did that. So that's four competitions done already this year. Wow. <laughs> um, and then um, looking ahead, uh, we have the Asian Championships this month. Um, so I'm going to go to that in, I think, the end of this month, May. 
Um, that's in Qatar. And then um, I think more importantly for a lot of Hong Kong athletes would be the Asian Games coming up. I think that's in September. And then for gymnastics, um, we have the World Championships in October after that. So I think those are the main competitions this year. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a busy schedule. Like I said, uh, so grateful that you're taking your time out to, to have a chat with me. Hey, I'm just curious, how did you get into gymnastics? Um, let me tell you a secret, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was young, I used to play a lot of basketball, okay? Mm -hmm. But I obviously had to drop out of that because of, I guess, societal pressure. Uh, I, was, I was in year nine, uh, but I wasn't doing that well academically. So I had to spend a bit more time sort of move away from, from sports, right? So I was just wondering, did you, how, how did you find your passion? Uh, was it, uh, I mean, did, uh, was it a fact that uh, so your parents sort of find your passion or was it something that you sort of developed your, your, your passion? Mm. Uh, so, yeah. So basically for me, I grew up in Melbourne, Australia. And, um, you know, Australians were all very active and into sports. So I guess um, it wasn't just gymnastics back then. So, you know, at school, we did a ton of sports. And then, you know, after school, we, well, my parents, they enrolled me in, you know, all the classes that were available. I remember doing basketball as well. But as you can see, and I'm not very tall. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't the sport for me, but it was enjoyable. Um, and then we did tennis and we did a ton of other sports, swimming. And then gymnastics was, you know, one of the sports that I, I had the opportunity to to take part in at a very young age and I think for me it was it was the if you've ever been into like a gymnasium for you know a gymnastics gymnasium um it's it's kind of like a playground <laughs> um the mats and then you have the trampoline and then all the different apparatuses in there so I think for me it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of that sport and I really enjoyed how you know, there was, it wasn't just one movement. So like, for example, with swimming, you're kind of set with, you know, different styles of uh, the strokes. But with gymnastics, you could do a ton of stuff. So I think I enjoyed, you know, how free I could be with, you know, trying new things and, you know, you're running around, jumping into the pit. So I think, you know, my interest for gymnastics developed at a very young age. I was very lucky to be able to be exposed to the sport at such a young age. Um, I would say I really have to thank my parents in this aspect of, um, you know, being able to uh, be very active at a young age, not just, you know, trying out gymnastics, but, you know, trying out a lot of other sports. And, you know, I got the opportunity to try so much that I could find what I liked, what I didn't like. And then, um, you know, it kind of the whole, you know, being um, moving on to like which sports would suit me, that kind of just came naturally as I progressed in, you know, all these sorts of in school and out of school sports activities. So I think it started from there. And, you know, I'm really lucky that they gave me the freedom. You know, you said um, that you had limitations because of maybe the society or, um, you know, school is studies. It's it's always you know it takes up a lot of time and it's always something that, um, you know, <laughs> as students you you need to you know maybe for Asian parents and for Asian <laughs> um, you know families it's a big part of 
you know, everyone's life. And, and, you know, beyond that, we might not have a lot of time to do other things, other interests, not just sports, but maybe like musical endeavors or anything else. Um, so um, my parents, they were very open and they gave me the freedom to pursue what I wanted to pursue. And, you know, the love of gymnastics started at a very young age. And um, as long as I wanted to do it, I enjoyed it. They gave me the freedom and the choice to continue. Mm-hmm. Oh, sounds like they're great parents. I mean, uh, my parents <laughs> great. I also have received a lot of support and resources mm-hmm. uh, from them. But uh, a secret, a secret just to share here, I, I, I thought I wanted to become an NBA player. Uh, when I was oh. young, I spent a lot of time playing basketball. <laughs> but <laughs> then, you know, uh, back in our generation, uh, I guess um, we didn't have that much social media. Uh, mm-hmm. We also didn't have a lot of uh, support and resources yeah. uh, to become an athlete sort of in Asia, right? So I think uh, sort of that part sort of got overlooked. And I know when mm-hmm. the reality hit, I just decided to spend a bit more time on academics. Um, uh, but you know, I'm interested to hear from you, right? Uh, you obviously very successful. Uh, you competed you. Uh, in the London Olympics, right? Um, so I just want to understand from you, right? Uh, the sort of athlete mindset. Mm. Yeah? How, yeah. Do you, do you think you have an athlete mindset? And how, how would you describe like an athlete mindset? And how has that prepared you for life? Mm. Um, I, you know, like I've been an athlete for quite a number of years now (laughs) so I do think I have developed an athlete mindset but how you define what an athlete mindset is is I guess quite individual to each athlete Um, the way we approach you know how how we train how we compete um, how we push through you know all the challenges that you know a sporting career gives you Um, but you know for me personally um I would say, you know, my athlete mindset to, to, to describe it in a little more detail is I think it's, you know, there's no secret recipe to, you know, being successful. Um, I guess it is a lot of um, goal setting for me. Um, I, I need to run on goals. Like I can't just go go into the gym and approach something with, no end goal like I need to know what I I need to achieve um, I think that is important for me and I guess for a lot of athletes it's as well um, so for me it's it's more planning and goal setting um, and I don't think I was born with <laughs> being um, that sort of a person I, I felt like you know um, you know going into recreational sport first and then moving on to competitive um, sport and then you know, knowing what's ahead and then, you know, my coach is guiding me and all of that experience helps me to de- develop um, that athlete mindset, that goal setting, um, that very, you know, you have to be strategic about things. Um, and I think that for me works the best. Um, but like you said, um, you know, the athlete mindset um, doesn't always lead to success, I would say, but it gives you a, a, a bigger a chance <laughs> to achieve that and um you know beyond um goal setting i would say um you know you need to persevere through you know all the trials that you face and i think sport at especially starting sport at such a young age it really 
you know, teaches you a lot of lessons in life. Um, you, you, you know, you face a lot of failure. <laughs> you know, I, you don't just wake up and be good at something. You need to go through the hours of training and the effort that you need to put in. And, um, and I think um, what happens is you you kind of um, build up that mental strength and the determination that you need to have to be a successful athlete. And that is because of, you know, you know, with every, for example, for, with gymnastics, with every skill, you go through a process from not knowing the skill to being able to do the skill. And um, for me, you know, it starts off kind of bumpy <laughs> because, you know, it's quite difficult and, and you go through a lot of, you know, like trial and error and you, you're not able to do it. And then, you know, eventually with, the, you know, w uh, a lot of hard work, your coach coaching you. And then eventually you reach the point of being able to do the skill. And I think it's important to look back on what you've achieved. As an athlete, it's imp important to me. Like I see, you know, oh, you know, with every skill that was difficult to start off, you, you hit a lot of, you know, uh, road stops and all that. And then eventually you achieve it. And then when you approach your next, you know, little mountain or, you know, next challenge ahead, then you can, you know, you kind of work off of your experience from other things. And then that gives you the confidence to move forward because, you know, to embark on any challenge, you know, it's difficult at, at, at the first, you know, couple of, you know, halfway up the hill. It's very difficult. But then you see that you've achieved so much before. And I, for me, that helps me to, kind of push through the difficult moments so i think for me yeah um you know there's no <laughs> there's no like you know magical formula it's just what you hear a lot of times it's just a lot of you know commitment determination hard work through training day in day out um and then for me a lot of goal setting um and then planning on how to achieve those goals mm. Can you share a bit more how you approach mm. goal setting? Do you have daily goals? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. How do you approach that? Right. Um, so for me, I do set daily goals. So in training, I I don't go into training with no plan. <laughs> like I need I need to have. Yeah, they might be very very small, simple goals. You know, um, you, it, with daily goals. Um, it might be a training plan. It might be something small that I know that I want to achieve that day. Um, and for me, it gives me that sense of purpose. So I need to live or, you know, not just in training, but in, in a lot of things in life. Um, I need to go at it with a purpose. And that's important for me. Um, and then, you know, I think daily goals, um, then you progress to like short-term goals. And then obviously long-term goals, but I think um, you need to have that vision. So for me this year, um, I know my timeline. I know I have the Asian champs this month, and then I know I have Asian games in September and then world champs. So from there, I kind of work backwards and then I see what I need to achieve to be ready. Uh, so I break down the bigger goal into like smaller parts. So for me, that works even when I had my injury. So I had, you know, major surgery on my knee and I, I you know, you hit that point of view. It's, it's very, um, 
every setback, but you know, especially for me at that age and at that time, and the severity of the injury, um, a lot of negative thoughts would go through. You know, I, and I think it's okay to have days that you just just don't want to do every anything. Like it's not every day that I need to be super motivated and have purpose, but um, I think overall you need to know where you're heading. <laughs> um, and so, even in my rehab. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of physio and like a lot of um, fitness work and all that. And it's very boring and very repetitive. <laughs> um, but I needed to set goals. And uh, they might be these minute goals of like, today I need to, you know, from I was in a wheelchair for a couple of months. So, you know, mm. even to stand up that day mm. or to walk one step, that would be my goal, basically. So wow. I think it's important yeah. to, yeah, just... Give yourself something to achieve each day. And, you know, it really brings your, um, you know, like basically it, it, it gives you, it, it encourages you. Yeah. It's that self-motivation um, mm -hmm. to know that you've achieved something every day. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you uh, actually a question on, on your injuries. Now, mm. looking, at, looking yeah. back uh, almost 10 years ago, mm. you qualified for London Olympics. Mm. You basically had your career, if you could put it that way. And then a couple of years later, around 2014, 2015, right? You got 2015, a major, yeah. 2015, you got a major, you got a major injury. Yes. Did you have any dark moments during that time? Oh, definitely. Like, <laughs> I was very... Like, how, how much impact did it have? Because, mm. uh, you know, for a lot of professional athletes, they get injured. And for some athletes, that means the end of the career, right? So right. just wanted to, just curious to hear... What actually happened during those periods and uh, how did you actually overcome that with, I guess, a lot of uncertainties mm. in the process? Um, yeah, so that was in 2015, like you said, um, and I was preparing for a competition. I, you know, at that time, I felt really, you know, physically fit. Um, I felt like I was ready and, you know, Rio was just around the corner. <laughs> And for me, that was the main goal um, to qualify for another Olympics. You know, I was very set on that. And I, you know, everything I did worked towards that. Um, so to have that injury at that time was, you know, it was just, it was just horrible. It was like, you know, beyond anything else, you know, because I felt so ready um, and I felt, you know, it may could possibly even better than I felt at, you know, qualifying to, to London. Um, but, you know, things happen and it was, I would say, a, a, an accident. You know, there wasn't a lot. Um, you know, I look back on it and, you know, I try to think of things that could I have done more. You, you could always have done more, but, you know, things happen for a reason. That's what I believe. So, you know, it happened. Um, and... During that time, I remember, I think I felt, well, from the moment it happened, um, I knew it was a severe injury because, you know, of the pain and the way I fell on my leg. Um, so it was like my left knee. And so we went back and uh, it, I had the injury in Japan and then I had to fly back to Hong Kong. And then after all the um, MRI scans and everything, so I knew it was you know, it was very, very, um, you know, a big injury. I had multiple ligament tears. You know, you you hear a lot about ACLs and MCLs and all that. 
So I told everything basically in my knee. So, I mean, I can laugh about it now, but yes, it was a very, very painful and difficult time for me. Um, and I did kind of, you know, go into this very dark place. It's true. Um, and um, I kind of stayed there for a while. Mm. Um, and, you know, looking back, I think it's fine. You know, I would tell and I would share this experience with uh, other people going through very difficult injuries or, you know, major setbacks, um, that it's okay. You don't have to be. I think as athletes, we, we're used to being very, well, we are very strong-minded and physically strong people. And we, we seldom show our vulnerable side. Um, mm. And I think that's something I learned that it's, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to, to be in that, you know, very dark place. And, you know, I was very, um, possibly, you know, <laughs> the time I was depressed. Mm. Um, and, you know, the whole process of going through the, the surgeries, um, that was very physically difficult as well. Mm. And, um, how many, how many surgeries have you had? I've had three um, mm. <laughs> in, the, wow. in the same left knee. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think for me, um, I I didn't, it wasn't just me going through the journey. So I was very thankful for the people that kind of shone a light <laughs> during that mm. very dark period. And I mm. think you need the people around you, the right people around you. And I was lucky to have those people, family and friends. Um, and, um, so how, you know, basically it, there was a period where I felt, you know, in despair of, you know, like my life and my career, I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to come back cause it's kind of, you know, it's a very scary ordeal to step back into the gym and to do all those things. Again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a risk and even now, like my knee is not the same it's been repaired but it's still it's such a big injury that it's not it's never going to be 100 percent um so i always you know i need to be aware of you know that my body and you know physically is a little bit different um post-surgery but um yeah like you said that that um that dark place that i was at you know how did i crawl back out of that um i think well um the people like i said i needed the people around me um and it's again for me that athlete mindset of um you know setting your goals um those tiny minute goals you know however small they might be i think they make a lot of difference because i could have gone through life you know that period of my life um you know just sitting around doing nothing you know um and then having all these very negative thoughts go through my head, which, you know, there were days that I did nothing and, you know, basically. Yeah, was we all do that. Yeah, we all do that. But then, you know, um, I think it's like, you know what you needed to do every day in physio, in rehab, you know, however boring it may be. And to, I didn't have to write them down, you know, they were very simple goals, but I need, like I had to have something to kind of cling on to and know that, you know, today I'm going to do like three sets of, you know, leg press, you know, very simple things, you know, very light stuff like that, that 
you know, gave me a direction of, oh, I'm moving forward. I was better than I was yesterday. So I think that's important. And it kind of helped me to um, move forward again, because for a long time, I felt like, well, I'm just stuck in this chair. I'm not moving forward. You know, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And then eventually things slowly gain momentum. So I think it's, you know, the, the first part of that rehab was very difficult emotionally and physically, but eventually you, you, you see the improvement, you know, after week one, week two, week three. And then from there, I didn't really know if I wanted to do gymnastics again, like at least competitive gymnastics, because not even my doctor <laughs> could, you know, tell me that you can come back because it was such a big injury. It's more but, psychological and mental. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, I guess it's important to, like, I talk a lot about, uh, a lot about um, goal setting, but in this case, I wasn't setting that very long-term goal. I think it's okay to be kind of chill about it. Just, you know, know what you do every day, see the improvement, like tiny improvements daily, but you know, there's no stress and no pressure to to tell myself that I need to come back. I, you know, it, sometimes it's okay to to kind of let that uncertainty just be left there. I know as an athlete and as, you know, a lot of people, we want to know what's going to happen next week and how am I going to plan, you know, like COVID. We wanted to know when's it going to end, right? But I think through this injury, I've learned that some things you can't control, right? And for me, no one could tell me um, how I would recover, how well I would recover, how fast I would recover if I could come back. And all these are question marks. So, um, yeah, I learned to just do the things I could do every day. I, I know I can make sure that I go to physio, I do the stuff that I need to do. And then, you know, whatever happens beyond that, um, I, you know, I, I sort of, learn to let go a little bit and I sometimes in a lot of situations in life I think it's 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 more comfortable to just you know <laughs> let go of the things and to not overthink on the things that you can't control and just focus on the things that you can yeah now this that's just amazing to hear I mean, yeah. obviously um and 2015 wasn't your only surgery and from what I learned there's mm. also another surgery back in uh 2018 which sort yes. of made you your career from both uh, to balance beam, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's uh, so in gymnastics, just a little one on one on gymnastics. <laughs> um, women's gymnastics has four events. Um, so, you have the vault, the bars, uneven bars, the beam, and then you have floor. Um, and so, when you first start gymnastics, you get to do everything. And that's what I did up until my injury, basically. I did maintain doing four events. But you have your best events, right? So I dedicated a lot of my training to vault. And then I would say floor would be my second event. And then I, and then I did keep up with a bit of beam. So it's not like I did do beam for the injury. Um, and then bars is my weakest event. So I just did a little bit of that. Um, so yeah, after you know, having the injury in 2015. And then I did re-injure that knee in 2018, uh, which, you know, led to another surgery. Um, but yeah, so after, I think after 2015, I already knew that 
uh, beam would be my main event because of the limitations I had um, post-surgery. Um, and then after 2018, that it, uh, the surgery, uh, the third surgery, um, I knew I couldn't do a lot of the other stuff. So before that, I really wanted to come back on other events beyond beam. Um, but it's not possible. <laughs> and that that's also something I had to kind of wrestle with, you know. You know, I was this very fit and very, you know, capable, physically capable gymnast. But, um, you know, because of things that happen, um, your, you know, limitations are part of life. And um, I think I need to be very creative about how I train and what I train. Um, but it's helped me, you know, in the longevity of my career. Um, I'm no longer, you know, an all-arounder, as they, as we say. Um, an all-arounder is someone who does all four events. And, you know, Vault is not my main event anymore. And I do miss it because I've had so much success with Vault. I've, you know, gained international medals and achievements. But I, you know, I'm one of those people that I do enjoy a challenge. <laughs> um, as crazy as that might sound. Um, and... You know, with every challenge, it's difficult. But once you make the progress and you move towards, you know, and, and you know that you've overcome a little bit, um, that satisfaction is, you know, is, is really sweet. <laughs> and with Beam, it's sort of like that, you know, even with coming back, like knowing that I made progress and then I could, you know, from foundation gymnastic skills I could you know I could recover like higher level gymnastic skills like that for me is a thrill in itself and it's part of the motivation that I I need and I needed to kind of you know get to where I am today mm -hmm. you had multiple surgeries and just now you mentioned about I guess perseverance and obviously um, recovering from those multiple injuries have led to certain fear, like you've said already. Yeah. Tell me about how you felt when you step back into the gym mm. and and also about your decision-making process. Was it, right. how, did, how did you arrive at this decision? You got to pass a fear instead of pivot because you also become a, a coach um, mm -hmm. yourself, right? Mm. Can you tell me, yeah, uh, sort of what sort of went through uh, in, in your head when you make the decision, I'm going to come back, but I'm going to try something different. Right. And what did you do exactly to overcome that fear? I mean, I think if, if I were to put myself in your situation, I think I was, mm. I was, I was scared of death. <laughs> Walking yeah. back into the gym, you know, um, having multiple surgeries, not just one, mm -hmm. which yeah. sort of went on and dragged on for, uh, for a few years. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah. So going back into the gym, I think, Especially after the first, in, like, the major surgeries in 2015. Um, I think I took quite a long time off. I think um, maybe at least nine months out. And it was, yeah, it was kind of this surreal moment of, like, walking back into a place you're very familiar with because you've spent so much time in there. But at that moment, it felt very disconnected with, you know, your life because you haven't been back it felt like this past life of you doing gymnastics and now coming back in um for me 
you know, like, you know, I, I shared a little bit about how I um, was able to start gymnastics at a very young age, and I developed the passion for it. And, and I think that's very important, like, because I really enjoyed the sport. And I maintained that interest and that passion for the sport. I think that's really helped me to, to not give up on it, you know, when times are hard. And so getting back into the gym, you know, I, I couldn't do much. Um, I was observing more so, more than anything else. And to see, you know, my teammates and, you know, younger kids come in and that kind of inspired me a bit, you know, to re reignite that flame of um, gymnastics in my life. And um, I knew I wanted to try, you know, I think that's important. Sometimes um, it's not always about the end goal, although that is important as well. But every baby step you take, like, you know, I know that there's a bit big fear of, you know, what happens if I try and I fail, right? And then a lot of people end up not even trying but for me it's important to just try and I went in and I was inspired by everyone else doing gymnastics in the gym <laughs> and I knew I wanted to um you know that was the decision that I made but it, I don't think it was made alone it was because of you know the environment I had the very supportive environment I had and my coaches you know they could easily have said you know Angel you know, you've had a successful career, it's enough. They could have said that, but they encouraged me. Like, they they gave me the opportunity to come back. Um, my head coach and um, the Gymnastics Association, they were very supportive because they could have, you know, they could have told me otherwise, you know, and it would be completely normal as well because, you know, elite sport is very cutthroat and they're, you know, if you're not improving, then someone else is going to, you know, come in. Yeah, and that's that's totally normal. And I would have understood if they had told me that, you know, maybe it's it's time to hang up your grips, so we so to speak. Um, so that was, you know, the decisions um, weren't made alone. I would say, and I did have conversations with my coaches and. Um, I think through the process of coming in and, you know, relearning <laughs> gymnastics all over again, I physically, I, I knew I was exploring what I could and couldn't do. You know, there was discomfort here, there's weakness there. So through that, I kind of um, felt and I kind of um, came to the decision of knowing what events I couldn't do anymore. And you know, if you've seen a bit of gymnastics, vault is one of those explosive, you know, events that seconds and it's over. <laughs> and for me, I, I, I knew I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't sprint as well. You know, the, the, the impact of landing from height, you know, yeah, that's very difficult for me. So, um, but I think it's important to try. So I did try to do all those things. I did try floor. I did try... Uh, vault and you know just didn't feel right or you know I didn't feel ready um, so I think the important thing is you know before every decision making to explore your options you know that's how it helped me not just in gymnastics I feel like I'm going to take this into everything everyday life and you know things that I need to um, decide upon in the future as well 
and you know just explore your options and it might you know if you might try something and you feel like yeah it works for you so go go ahead with it but then you have things um you've tried things and you know even if it's a failure or if things don't turn out you know that well now you know it doesn't work for you it's not right for you so i think for me um that's how i um went through with um deciding on you know beam is the better event for me yeah who's your idol Oh, yeah, I've had this question a lot, and um, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I. I would put anyone as my idol, but people who inspire me. Um, because I don't know, idol for me, maybe it's the connotations that people have with it now. Like I want to be my very own, you know, unique self, and I don't need to. But I aspire, and I'm inspired by people. So you know, I can take qualities from them. But I don't want to be like they're like the gods, <laughs> um, and I don't want to like copy them. You know, and copy and paste and be the same. But yeah, a lot of people inspire me. I would say, you know, as a gymnast and in the sport, um, definitely Oksana Chusovitina. So she's a gymnast who has been to, I think. It should be eight Olympic games. So eight Olympic games. She's she's like the mother of all giraffes. <laughs> um, and I've been very lucky to compete with her on multiple occasions. She's still around. So she was competing at the World Cup Series. So it was amazing to see her continue her very long and successful career. And, you know, especially she was a Volta. She still is a Volta. And so being a Volta myself... Um, I looked up to her, and um, and I think beyond the gym, she's now also a coach. So she's been coaching the team. So I do look up to her in the sense of you know not just being a good athlete, but how to inspire the next generation, which is you know and to coach the next generation, share the knowledge, and um, that is you know what I aspire to be as well. You know I'm still training, but also I hope that. You know, my experiences will help the next generation and to help my teammates and to be able to, you know, coach them as well. Um, and then, you know, besides uh, Chusabatina, I would say um, within the team, um, I there are other athletes that have gone through um, their journey of, you know, multiple injuries and recovery and... Um, I think on the men's side, we have two very strong athletes. Uh, one is um, Shet Wai Hong. So he's a, I think he, yeah, he's a gold medalist at the Asian Games twice. <laughs> and he went through a lot of injuries and comeback. And, you know, he's such a courageous and hardworking athlete and maybe it's because we're in the same gym and I see him work and to have those people around you to inspire you is you know it really motivates me to continue to um, come back and to do you know to reach new levels and to continue to challenge myself um, so he's one of those people I would say and then um, I know it's very cheesy to say this but you know my mom and dad <laughs> um, you know, I'm always inspired by them because of the way that they approach life. 
Um, they're very proud of, you know, what I've become and who I've become. But I am also very much in debt to them because I felt like, I feel like if it weren't for them and their open-mindedness and their, their you know, unconditional love and support, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So, you know, if I ever become a parent, you know, I hope that I can, you know, have emulate those qualities that, um, you know, they've, you know, I see in them and, and hopefully, you know, um, to, to have that, you know, to bring those qualities into my own parenting as well. <laughs> that would be mm. amazing. And it yeah. really sounds like you got a head start. You got two wonderful uh, role models that you can learn from. Yeah, I think that's very important. So, I mean, you being a dad yourself, right? So, yeah. um, it's, it's, you know, and also now I, I coach younger kids and I see so much of their parents in their kids. And I think parents really need to be aware of, you know, they have major, major influence in their kids and how their kids will grow up and, you know, what sort of personalities or, you know, the values that they will have. So I think it's, yeah, I see a lot of it in that. So, you know, I hope <laughs> um, as a parent, you know, future parent, hopefully, and, you know, you be a parent yourself that, um, we we know how much of an influence that we are to our kids, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I cannot mm. agree more. Um, I recently read the stories between two very uh, successful athletes, just like yourself. Uh, one is Tiger Wood, and the other one is uh, Roger Federer. Um, right. The fan of Roger Federer. Yeah. And like you said, the-, the parenting journey that both of these, uh, you know, successful athletes have gone to, they are vastly different. So for Tiger Wood, uh, it's started golf at a very young age. Uh, right. Obviously, the parents saw the talent in him and the parents started putting all these uh, golf-oriented training programs mm-hmm. and basically his life was set right? all around uh, golf and obviously right. he has a very um, successful career. Uh, Wes, I think your journey sounds a bit more like Roger Federer. Um, so from yeah. what I read, at least, he, he, was I love Roger. <laughs> <laughs> he was experiencing all these different sports uh, until a very late uh, age and then he decided uh, he, he had he had his love for soccer and also mm-hmm. uh, tennis, uh, but he he uh, had decided at a very late stage that he decided to you know, pursue tennis. So mm-hmm. I think the, the reason I, I thought this example was uh, quite relevant to our conversation is because uh, from what you're sharing, uh, I guess we, uh, as parents, we, tr- we should try to encourage our kids uh, to ex- you know, experiment, explore. Yeah, explore as much as mm-hmm. possible rather than trying to set a path for them. Yeah. Uh, I used to I used to joke with my wife that I, I should uh, put my son in all these soccer programs so that mm-hmm. if one day he can go and play in the uh, English Premier League and he can get free tickets to watch. <laughs> that's a grand plan. <laughs> but that's that's more of a, a like you said, that's more of a goal for the parent mm-hmm. and not for for the kids. So I think uh, as as parents, we do need to reflect, um, you know, whether we are uh, nurturing our kids to be yeah. clear the path. Uh, they want to walk, or whether we are nurturing them for the path we want them to walk. So the true, path. yeah. Yeah, so that, that's agree. really profound with what you said. Hey, um, I wanted to just uh, my last question for you. Mm-hmm. So, a key takeaway um, for our listeners to learn from your athlete mindset, right? So, yeah. obviously, <laughs> right from the start of the conversation, uh, you had a lot of support. You have wonderful parents. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you find your passion early on. You know, you, you thought you know this gym was like a, a playground. You get to mm-hmm. try different things when you go to yeah. the playground. And at your sort of at your peak of your career, you sort of uh, uh, sustain multiple injuries. Uh, the, mm. the the future looked a bit uncertain. What was that one key takeaway that you think uh, our listeners uh, should uh, sort of take away from from this conversation? Uh, you know, how can having uh, this sort of athlete mind help uh, someone transform? Because yes, obviously, transform you in different stages of your of your life mm-hmm. and your career. Yeah. And if there's sort of just one message, what what do you think that message would be for them? Ah, uh, just one message. Hmm. You can have multiple. <laughs> I've got multiple, but um. I would say I'm gonna try, try to I'm gonna put a few things into one message. <laughs> uh, for me, I think the biggest takeaway is, um, yeah, I think you summed up my career quite, you know, um, you know, simply said that basically you go through ups and downs, right? So you you've had your high moments and your low moments, and um, I think um, in any moment like every and any and every moment that you go through whether it be a good one you're on the podium getting a medal or you know you're having an injury and you know it's you've got time off i think everything serves a purpose and i think the mindset you know i talked about a lot about goal setting and all that but i think it's important to remain positive i know it's hard there's always a good side to every situation i think that's important to know so you know the good times obviously easier to be (laughs) happy and you know look on the bright side but even in the low moments so i've shared a lot about what i learned through my injury right um um, so i think it's important to maintain a positive mindset through all of that and i think my other takeaway is always to control the things that you can control and then what you can't control, don't overthink it. Because <laughs> it's just going to bring you a lot of misery. I think that's important. So, yeah, that's. The, I hope people can take away from that. You know, just to look on the bright side of every situation. Um, I think years later, you'll see that there's something in there. Even the hardest moments, you have learned something. And then, yeah, just to, you know, do your job, whatever it may be, you know. And then let go of the things you can't control. Very, very well said, Angel. Mm. And uh, thank you so much for coming on to our show and to share your wonderful yeah. journey with us and how you successfully transform. And um, really glad to see you know you coming back and reaching new heights uh, despite the obstacles. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That that you have faced uh, truly an inspiration. Uh, a few months ago, when I attended your talk, and uh, one of the things that you said really struck me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether you you, you remember. And uh, so I think you, you ended with this quote, right? Uh, sometimes we can look so far ahead uh, yeah. that we uh, overlook how much we have achieved already. So sometimes yeah. looking, in, looking back, how much we have achieved in mm-hmm. the past uh, can be quite powerful and relevant too. Yeah, that's so true. Um, you know, uh, you know that is also what something that I learned uh, because of the injury. You know, I had to be you know, kind of push back to square one to, and then rebuild upon that. And then, you know, that made me realize how much progress I've made. And yeah, a lot of times I feel like people looking back, 
it has negative connotations like oh like don't stay stuck in the past but you know for me it's it's important to see the progress you made um and to see you know every challenge you've overcome and you know and then you take all that experience and then it really encourages you to to see, you know to see you know oh i've made all this progress i can keep moving forward because i've done all that and i've achieved and i've overcome all that in the past yeah awesome i wish you all the best in your upcoming you. games and i can't see your name pop up in the headline news again that you <laughs> hopefully winning, uh, different medals <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so much again have a thank nice day thank you so much yeah you too it was so nice talking to you likewise bye angel Bye. I hope you enjoyed the chat. I always say our life is very much like discovering what the next chapter is in our own book, and what we do today can change the narrative in the next chapter. Our life, given by nature, is short, but it's not the duration that matters. What matters more is how many meaningful things we can do and how many people we can help in our life. I hope you have gotten some inspiration and new ideas about what you can do differently today. And as you are doing it, remember to also change your ecosystem. So that you can sustain it. I firmly believe our world will be a much better place if all of us are focusing on becoming a better future self together with the people we love. See you in the next episode.